This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, today is going to be guaranteed the weirdest show I have ever done. And you know how I know that? Because the first guest up is one of the weirdest guys that I've ever met. And he's my friend, Greg Stebbin. And he's calling in from Warsaw, Poland, believe it or not. Now, uh, it'll continue to get weird. It'll be kind of a global show because we're also going to talk about the world car of the year. That'll be in the last half hour of the show, but it's a two-hour show. But uh, we'll talk to the engineers from GMC Hummer to talk about the new Hummer uh, EV. And then, uh, I don't know, we got some crazy stuff, but nothing crazier than this first guest, Greg Stebbin, who I don't even know how to introduce you, Greg, but I know you're calling in from Warsaw. What's the weather like in Warsaw today, by the way? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's funny. I- I've been here four days. The first day I was here, it was freezing. I thought I was done with snow for the year. Uh, it did happen snow, but it was really cold. And today it was incredible. I was walking around the streets of Warsaw on a t-shirt. It just felt great. So, um, so now, you know, it's, it's a beautiful city. I highly recommend it. I, in fact, I, I, at some point in this interview, we have to get to the point where I invited you to come join me on this trip. Let's yeah. not forget that. Well, so just to, to explain why I know it's going to be a weird segment is because why is Greg Stebbin normally a guy who works for, let's see, Hold on a second. I don't even know. You and I work together with Men's Health Magazine. You have worked for Forbes yeah. Magazine. You've been on my show yeah. a, a, a gajillion times. I don't even know where to tell people to find you anymore because you do so many things. But uh, you guys can look up Greg Stebbin. But here's a little hint. He's the chief bomb fundraiser for Beams.Live. Now, he's trying to raise money to buy a bomb, you guys. Okay, now can I can I can I just jump it? Can I just jump in here and say we're not trying to raise money? You are are raising. No, take it away, Greg. Why are you now? And I and I know, but (laughs) are we? we, Is it is it weird enough yet? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, (laughs) So look, here's the point of this whole thing. Yes. And so, and the website is beams dot live slash bomb and beams is b-e-a-m-z dot live slash bomb yeah. uh, beams is a is an online live interactive tv platform okay and the owner of the company or one of the co-founders and i were talking about the war and he was saying you know how can i use this platform to help ukraine and and we're kind of talking it was like a conversation you and i would have off the air right right, right. and at one point i said because, you know, we've all seen the pictures of the farmers towing away the tanks and the tanks being abandoned and the blown-up tanks. And Look, tanks are bad things, okay? I mean, I know you know this, but I just have to say it for context. If there's a tank, it's going to kill people, it's going to destroy property, and it's going to destroy democracy and freedom. So if you can blow it up, 
you better do it. <laughs> well, let's clarify. So what's it let's cost let, to blow up a Russian tank. There you go. Let's clarify. It isn't the tank that does it. It's the evil doers that are doing the evil things with the tank. The tank just being a tool. But I get your point. I get your point. Okay. I mean, it's semantics at some point, right? Yeah, I get it. But but I get your point. But my question is, and I've asked a lot of people this question. How much does it cost to blow up a Russian tank? You want to take a guess? <laughs> no, I, I have no idea, but this is just so bizarre. I said, yeah, let's talk about this. How much does it cost to buy an anti-tank missile? Greg Stebbin, I have no idea. I have no idea. Most people I have found will say something like a hundred grand. Yeah. And that is so far off that it stands to be corrected. So there are anti-tank missiles that do cost 70000 Those are from the U.S. There's others from the U.K. that I think are in the 40s or the 50s. But Ukraine makes a darn good anti-tank missile. Yeah. And they're twenty grand. <laughs> and when I learned that, I thought to myself, twenty grand. I've got... T- you know what? When I die, I want to know I blew up a Russian tank. <laughs> You and are. if you don't have twenty grand, you got four. You got three friends, and you can do five thousand each. Or you got nineteen friends, and you can do a thousand each. Or you can just chip in two bucks, or five bucks, or fifty bucks. But there's not a single person in the U.S. who should not be thinking right now. I can help blow up a Russian tank. Okay. Help me. Uh, uh, no question. This is becoming the weirdest show I've ever done on the drive. We're going to come back. Talk to Greg Stebbin. He's in Warsaw, Poland, literally, and he wanted me to go with him. We'll be right back. All I wish is to be alone. Stay away. Don't you invade my Don't miss the latest auto news, videos, and real world reviews. Find us online at the drive with AlanTaylor.com. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. We're listening to the drive, uh, the definitely the weirdest show period I've ever done. Uh, trying to help my friend Greg Stebbin, who's in Warsaw, Poland, raise money to buy an anti-tank missile, uh, and he's over there, literally, seriously calling in from Warsaw, Poland, um, because he's passionate about what he does. Now he's done automotive test drives for me on this show, book reviews. Uh, we worked together for Men's Health for years and did a radio show for them. But now he is he's uh, doing probably the strangest thing. And he's kind of like that guy who, who I don't know if you What was that guy's name that uh, tried to do everything in the sporting world? Every sport. I can't even remember his name. Jonathan something. Oh, George Blimpton. George Blimpton. That's what George it was. George Blimpton. Yeah. You're, you're that guy on radio, by the way, trying to buy a bomb. Oh my gosh! Now, so no, not one bomb, Alan. A lot, not not, not one app, not one. One bomb is twenty grand. I my goal is to raise a million dollars. Oh my gosh! So how how long have you been doing this? I know you've been. I've seen some of the other stories done about this that you're doing. I mean, this is serious. You're really doing this. 
Listen, if I wasn't serious, would I pack up and leave my wife and home and go no. to Poland? I know. I mean, th- and so you're. This I'm is serious. This is your way. Something like humanitarian aid for the Ukraine. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm glad uh, you brought up shocked. humanitarian aid because, because yeah. here's a, an interesting thing. If you, I mean, I've become deeply immersed in this weird little world. I, I agree with you. It's weird. Yeah. And if you go to most websites where they're raising money for Ukraine, and I mean, you know, you can't go a single post on Facebook without seeing somebody raising money for something on Facebook uh, for Ukraine. And, and And I'm all for that. I'm not being critical at all. I mean, I love the way the world has rallied around this to stop Putin because, look, first of all, this is not Ukraine's conflict. Ukraine is just the first stop on the Putin train. If he's successful here, he's just going to keep going. And it's, you know, there may be a big ocean between us, but we should be just as threatened by this as anybody. Yeah, but not not you, much so between us and Alaska, people, by the way. The, Alaska's like, what? They can almost walk across when that, that little section between the two yeah. islands. You I've know heard that before. I, I've heard that you can see Alaska from some people's houses. But yeah, right. you know, that, that's a diversion from this topic. No, I know, but uh, it's kind of funny that it's that close. At, in retrospect, it is kind of funny. Yeah. But when you look at a lot of these fundraising organizations, they explicitly say, we are not raising money for weapons. Right. So I want everyone listening to know, I am explicitly (laughs) raising money for weapons. Because you know what? If you don't have weapons, what you need is more and more humanitarian aid. The weapons put an end to the need for humanitarian aid. And that's why I'm doing this. So what kind of pushback have you encountered so far with the media? Because this is not a media-friendly thing you're doing. This is like not PC to say, I'm trying to buy anti-tank missiles. You know? You know, I have not had any pushback. Really? Wow. I I have not had any pushback. Look, this is not an offensive move. It's completely defensive. And, you know, nobody says you don't have a right to defend yourself. And frankly, even though I don't live in Ukraine, I feel like I'm defending, ultimately defending myself and defending you and defending your listeners. I think this threat is that big. It is a global threat because, because think about it. If Putin succeeds in Ukraine, I mean, we can just imagine that he's going to roll into other countries that border Ukraine. Poland is terrified about it, right? Mm. But... What message does it send to China about Taiwan? Mm. What message does it send to other dictators? I mean, pretty, Putin has already destabilized Europe. How much more destabilization can come if dictators feel like they just got the green light to do any darn thing that they want? Yeah. Well, I, I commend you for being so incredibly passionate that you would leave your family and go to Warsaw, Poland, with uh, Beams, and it's B-E-A-M-Z dot live slash bomb. Greg Stebbin, very passionate about helping the Ukrainians. And if you are, you can go there and help him buy anti-tank missiles. Uh, and listen, that's what um, that's what the president of the Ukraine is asking for, is you know that kind of support. That's so right. there you go. Well, and here's what the button on that website says. Okay. Yes, I want to help blow up. Russian tanks. That's what we're <laughs> That's at. like I said. Help us blow up those tanks. This is the weirdest segments I've ever done on this show, and I'm glad I could support my friend Greg Stebbin. Greg, 
be safe over there, please. Come home to us intact. I will. Don't blow yourself up while you're at it. All right. We'll take a break and come back with more of The Drive. Don't go anywhere. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And our show brought to you in part by Subaru Love. That's what makes Subaru, Subaru. Well, I don't know how we're going to follow buying anti-tank missiles, but let's try and go from uh, Warsaw, Poland, all the way to New York City, which is just about the same kind of a crime scene going on over there, you know. The New York Auto Show, BJ Colleen is there. BJ, how do you follow that, right? It's a war zone here, too, so I understand. I understand where that guy's coming from. So yeah, totally. I can drop a couple of bombs on the place, and it'd be okay. <laughs> oh, you know, talking about dropping bombs, I mean, for us hardcore gearhead car guys and gals, if all they do is talk about electric cars in the the automotive industry these days, it's pretty depressing, and, and it's like it's they're 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 like bombing the landscape with these electric things. Now, coming up next, we're going to talk about one that I actually think is cool, which is the Hummer, a thousand horsepower, zero to sixty in like three seconds or something ridiculous. But the rest of it is probably too much. So anyway, you're there. You got one segment to tell us everything that's happening at the New York Auto Show. Go. <laughs> You're funny. I, I can't get it on this segment, but we'll talk about some of it. And then when I come back to town, we'll do another follow-up show. But okay. you're right. It's all electric all the time. Yep. I think the, the world is not ending, but it's certainly tilting on its axis because everybody wants to talk about electric vehicles. And it's so sad because, you know, when they used to show the cars and they'd bring them out with the new V8 engine, and they'd rev that engine up and boom, 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 and throw yeah. it on stage now. All you hear is, Nothing. Nothing. Right. <laughs> Nothing. Your vehicle on stage. <laughs> right. There's like no, the thrill is gone. I yeah. hate to say it, but the thrill is gone. And yes, they do get all electric vehicles, get a hundred percent torque at zero RPM. I know that. Right. Yes, they're fast, but they're starting to look the same. And everybody at the show is going, man, these cars are all starting to look alike because they all have the flat screens in the, in the center console. You don't see any buttons anymore. It's all geared towards, you know, what can we do to make this look futuristic? And it is kind of cool on the one hand. And the fact that we're not using gas is cool on the other hand. But the bottom line is, I don't know. Is this a future I want to be part of? Eh, maybe, maybe not. It's just really bizarre. <laughs> it just is. So. Is this a future I want to be part of? I don't know. I think we should but, join uh, my friend and maybe help raise some money and buy some, uh, what do we call it? Um, anti-electric car missiles. That's what we'll buy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's enough missiles in the world to combat all the ones that are coming down the line. I but know. with that said, there's a really cool one. And this is the Volkswagen, the VW ID Buzz, yeah. which if you guys have been seeing it coming, it's kind of like when the, the Chevrolet introduced the SSR. 
They showed so many preview pictures of it for so many years before. When it came out, nobody cared anymore because right. it was old news. Yeah. But the VW ID4, ID Buzz, I'm sorry, the ID4 is your small car. The Buzz is their micro bus looking vehicle that's going to be electric. And I got the chance to see it and sit in it. And it's kind of cool. I mean, it looks unlike everything else. So that's completely different. It does have forward facing second row seats. And I said to the guy, you know, this is a VW bus, let's be honest, it's just electrified. Are you going to have seats that go lengthwise, kind of like the old wagon, you know, the, the van again, the touring wagons and right. everything where it's a camper kind of setup? Yeah. And he just smiled at me. He didn't answer right yeah. away. And you know in the automotive business, when you get a smile and no answer, it's pretty much the same as a nod, yes. Yeah. yeah. So like I, the... I said, okay, so now we know there's more versions coming. Well, so possibly like the Westphalia pop-top camper kind of a thing. Who knows, right? So, yep. you know, so... we can only hope for that. But no internal combustion powertrain is what you're saying. Well, there were a couple that they talked about, again, but... Everybody wanted to talk about electric vehicles. But yeah. the Jeep Grand Cherokee, they showed us the uh, the Grand Wagoneer, you know, their big, big, big smoking daddy one. Right. And then uh, they actually showed a couple of things. Obviously, they talked about the new Hurricane engine. Right. Uh, which is a V6. Turtle, right. Yeah, it's going to yeah. have some pretty awesome power. I think they said like 375 horsepower and 470 pound-feet of torque, if I'm reading my notes correctly, and I scribble like a, like a madman. So. Right. Uh, but that was pretty cool. They redid the new Palisade. Hyundai Palisade and Kia towed the new Telluride, which is interesting because those cars were brand new three years ago, but they felt the need, I guess, to dress them up again. Just you know, I got to tell you, my wife, <laughs> you know, just happened to see the Telluride, and she was like, what did they do? They wrecked it. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, because my wife wanted one of those really bad because she thought it was so cool looking. And they they may have, you know, they may have done it a little too quick because it was so popular. They were selling so many of those things. They should have left well enough alone, given, you know, a couple little things. But, you know, I don't know. It could have been a mistake, but we'll see. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know either. Hey, you want me to make you feel really, really, really old? Yes, please. <laughs> I, you know, what? what's worse than already happened today on the show? But go ahead. <laughs> Kia said that this year they're going to serve their 10 millionth customer. Oh, my gosh. Remember when they were brand new oh, yeah. and they came out with that horrible little Sophia sedan? Right. That was cheap and, and it was a tin can, but it was very affordable. And they had what well, I think they had dealers in 49 states except for North Dakota. That was the joke. For many years, and now they have dealers everywhere, but 10 million customers, Man, if I, you can believe that. That's how far Kia's come in, what, 20, 20-something years? It hasn't been that long. So. I remember it's, saying, this is a company that will not make it. <laughs> I, mean, I was wrong. Okay. Anyway, I'm not always right. <laughs> you know? those words now. Yeah, I well, I started fun. a wrecking yard because I thought these things are such crap that people are going to need parts, and they're not going to be able to get them, so I'm going to start a wrecking yard for Kias. That didn't last either. Anyway. BJ from New York, thank you very much. Watch out for the anti-tank missiles that uh, Greg is trying to, uh, I don't know, I, t- I said, is that even legal? You know, anyway, uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to the uh, folks at General Motors about the uh, new Hummer straight from the horse's mouth. We'll be right back. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. 
with enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true. It's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, I know a couple of weeks ago, you guys heard us talking about the uh, all-new GMC Hummer EV. The world's first all-electric super truck is what uh, General Motors is calling it. Um, Our show, by the way, brought to you in part by Brembo, Choice of Champions. And I'm not sure what kind of brakes are on this EV, this Hummer, but uh, it's it's uh, it's today is time to talk about it with the uh, lead development engineer for Hummer. His name is Aaron Fow. Aaron, what a fun job, man! <laughs> you know, You're telling me right? It's and a dream job for sure. What yeah, I absolutely. what I always do is uh, I always go, all right, what's this Aaron guy like? Let's see, what does he what does he do in his time off? He's an avid off-roader and boater. A man after my own heart, Aaron. Good, good for you. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just before I got on the show today, I'm I'm trying to buy a boat right now, and um, I'm oh. looking I'm looking like crazy all over the place. And I told my kids, I, I have full-grown kids that have kids. You know what I mean? But I told my kids, I go, it's time to go fishing, men out on the water, you know, telling fish stories, right? And then uh, the last time I went to Mexico fishing, I know this is off subject, but it's too good not to tell. The last time was like, oh my gosh, 20 years ago in Mexico. I caught a 238-pound marlin. The guy I was with at the time was uh, an older friend of mine that, you know, he took pity on me and he took me fishing on this beautiful fishing trip. And he like, you know, he was like the the guy that was like... uh, since my dad couldn't go, he replaced my dad. He, when he caught a marlin, the first marlin he caught, he hands me the fishing rod. I go, what are you doing? He says, I've caught one. You haven't. That was the 238-pound marlin, right? So he calls me today, and he goes, you know anybody that wants to buy a boat? I, I swear to you, this guy is like, if I could buy a boat from anybody, it'd be this guy. And just last night, I was talking about going fishing. So I'm glad that you're a, uh, a, a boater and an off-roader because... I've also been watching this Hummer for uh, you know ever since you guys even announced it, and I called the president of General Motors, Mark Royce, and I'm like, I want a Hummer. I want the new Hummer. I want it. What do I got to do? He says, get in line. The PR people are now telling me there's 67,000 reservations. 67,000. Will you even make that many, Aaron? That's the question. <laughs> We're going to do everything we can to fulfill those for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, 67,001. This thing, I mean, who does this? You guys, first of all, to make a Hummer, to bring the Hummer back, you brought it back under the GMC name, which was interesting to me. And then you bring it back as an EV, which was interesting to me. Then when I saw it does this thing called Crab Walk, very interesting to me. But then... When I start hearing about it and seeing more about it and talking to the folks that have driven it, I have not yet. This thing just really does. 
You know what it is? And I hate to say this, but it seems to be everything that Elon Musk promised and didn't deliver, GM is delivering it in, in the new Hummer EV. Uh, this is, I don't, how can it get any better than this? But I'm asking the guy that probably uh, is like, he's patting himself on the back right now. Now it's your turn. Tell us why is it so unbelievably awesome? I and mean, what did you guys do? What, what parameters did they say? Did they say, we want you to build the most awesome vehicle on planet earth? I mean, who was it that gave you the job to do this? And what did they say to you? Cause this thing's awesome. Appreciate that for sure. It, it's uh, it's really the goal here. There's two goals primarily for this vehicle, and one was just to get people really excited about what an EV can be. Check. Um, yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, <laughs> and the way to do that, right, is to appeal to a lot of uh, different types of folks, right? So, so that's why you see some of the off-road capability, the on-road capability, all the technology that's built into the vehicle, right? We're, we're really trying to bring excitement to this space. The secondary reason was really to help kind of transform GM. Our team was empowered really truly to work as a, uh, as like a small startup within uh, General Motors mm. from, you know, our senior leadership down. And uh, we were really able to remove roadblocks, move fast, make uh, decisions quickly. And, and in my mind, one of the coolest things was we were allowed to have a lot of creativity and, and freedom when developing the vehicle. And so I think that really shows itself in some of these features and, and functions. And, and yeah, we're, we're really excited to uh, to get these in customers. Hands so for sure. you have like a skunk works team, which is awesome. I love that. That's a very entrepreneurial thing. Did this come down from Mary Barra, the CEO, the chairman and CEO? Or is it, is it like, uh, is it a Mark Royce thing? Where did it come from? Because this, this is like, who does this? You built the most yeah. bodacious electric vehicle on earth. Yeah. Yep. So, it, it, yeah, it started with a very, very small team of five people, you know, in its infancy. They had a, a plan proposed that went to Mary and the senior leadership team. Wow. They came back and said, uh, pull another year out of it. And, uh, you know what, in order to do that, we're going to, we're going to back you if you want to, change processes, pick personnel for the program, whatever it is you got to do to make it happen in this time frame, we're going to help enable you. And, and that's exactly what they did. They, they stuck to their word and, and it's been quite a, quite a process, a lot of fun. I love it. Uh, can you talk about this documentary? So if people want to see more about the vehicle, where do they see the uh, Revolution GMC Hummer EV overview documentary? Where is it? Yep. So you can get it through GMC's YouTube page. Okay. And it's also streaming now on uh, Hulu. It originally aired on uh, History Channel, I believe, uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay. But yeah, you can get it now on Hulu and the YouTube page for GMC. All right. It's unreal. So with 67,000 people that are actually actively put in a reservation to buy one of these things, when will you start delivering them? I think it's probably pretty close. And, you know, what is the plan? I know you're starting out with the truck version of this, but you have an SUV planned. And will there be like, you know how Bronco made the Bronco Sport? Will there be a smaller version? Because even when you had Hummer originally, there was the uh, H2 and the H3. And actually, I won the Baja 500 with Rod Hall in an H3, the little one, back in 2006. Right. So I have a little bit of Hummer experience myself. 
But I'm just curious, you know, what is the long-term plan of this, if you can share any of that? Yeah, very cool. Um, first of all, we are actually, we have vehicles in customers' hands. We, we delivered the first truck in December of last year. Okay. And we've been steadily ramping up since then. We've got over 100 now in customers' hands and climbing quickly, right? So, yeah, as mentioned, there is an SUV coming. That is actually going to be a little bit of a shorter wheelbase. Oh. Now, not necessarily, you know, H3 size, but right now we're we're really focused on the, the pickup and the SUV, you know, between uh, rolling out here now uh, for the pickup and then technically a 24 model year for the SUV. And we're going to be introducing, you know, two motor variants and different size batteries to help kind of appeal to different customer sets there. Um, this first truck coming out right now is kind of the whole kitchen sink right so three motors thousand horsepower <laughs> uh, crazy off-road capability oh. uh zero to 60 in three seconds right it's got everything super cruise you name it oh my gosh all right hold tight we got to take a little break here we'll come back and uh, learn more about this new gmc hummer h uh suv it's an ev um there's going to be no, no no there's a truck right now then there's going to be an suv he still didn't answer me. I'm going to squeeze him one more time for what other Hummers are coming because I got to think this is perfect timing for this brand. We're talking with Aaron Fow. He's the lead development engineer of the new GMC Hummer EV. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness well we're talking about this new gmc hummer ev uh the first version to be clear is a truck a four-door truck and then later on you'll see a uh, suv aaron Fow, lead engineer he's a development engineer says it'll have a little shorter wheelbase i tried during the commercial break to squeeze him for further information and he basically you know, he waved me off. He's like, get out of here. Not giving you anything. Anyway, but yeah, we, we have to, you know, hope and pray as consumers that there'll be other iterations of this crab walk. I mean, who does that? Four-wheel steering, a 1,000 horsepower. <laughs> what about range? And then I got to ask you, I mean, you know, is this price, is it real? I mean, you know, it's it's it just seems like there's so much here that uh, what is it like 89,000 or whatever dollars or a hundred even a hundred thousand is a screaming deal in the marketplace today so let's just start with that first of all well you can answer any one of those I got a million questions for you so go ahead yeah no worries <laughs> yeah the first edition one right is what we're coming out here with uh 22 I mentioned the uh kind of the whole kitchen sink right mm -hmm. um that is that uh hundred and twelve thousand dollar edition one but again comes with everything right so you can of course go down from there in the coming years here down to two motors down to smaller battery packs again and, and, and getting down into that lower price point but right. really this 
this vehicle is kind of intended to be a halo, right? We mentioned, um, you know, it being exciting, getting, uh, you know, people thinking about what EVs can do. And we understand that, um, you know, there's going to be some exclusivity, even though, you know, the orders keep coming in, there will certainly still be exclusivity with these vehicles, maybe not for everybody. And uh, the beauty is that this is the first variant coming off of battery electric truck architecture. So you will see, you know, much more mainstream variants coming off this that will have some of this DNA in it. So um, this is just the start, but uh, a very, very, very exciting start for sure. Yeah, it was funny because I thought, well, if you know somebody, you know, maybe get my hands on one of these babies. Uh Uh-uh. So that that's a really good sign for you guys because this was a big gamble. I mean, you're making a huge electric vehicle. The average person, this is something, like you said, it's a halo vehicle. It's like they can – I even remember when, when Hummer was still around, it was still it – was, it was not a cheap or I should say inexpensive vehicle because it was such a, you know, gosh, just such an amazing machine. And even today, they're holding their value incredibly because they're still awesome those old hummers they're just they're still awesome vehicles my brother had one for years and loved it the price of gasoline today makes it kind of hard to love the old ones because they were big kind of you know big gas sucking hogs but this as long as the uh, price of electricity doesn't go nuts then this is certainly a uh, a nice opportunity do you think you will ever make an internal combustion version of this because you said you're making two motors that's electric motors two different versions but do you ever think that you'll you know right that's a good question um you know i think uh you could tell me what you'd have to uh, kill me told you. Yeah. um <laughs> you know we're going all in on evs right yeah, so right. i would be surprised to see uh, an internal combustion version but who you knows never, you right. never know right, right. um you know, and and going back to the the Hummers of old, you know, you'll see some of that DNA certainly visually, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, in this vehicle, you'll see some of that off road capability as well. But that's pretty much where it stops, honestly. Right. Everything else from you know H two, H one, H three, those days, you know, this this thing is a complete game changer once you get outside of the off-road space. Let me ask um, you, you're an off-roader. Yeah. You love, that's that's part of your, you know, your um, time off time is to go off-roading. What do you love most about mm-hmm. this vehicle? I mean, this crab walk thing is amazing, but is there something else that you just sit in and go, my God, this thing is amazing. And what what is that? If I had to pick one, it'd be four-wheel steering for yeah. sure. It's kind of a cheat code for off-roading. For a number of reasons, you have ultimate flexibility from the driver's seat to really control the rear tires, you know, independent of the front, right? So you can you can turn them opposite of the fronts to give you really, really tight turning circles. You can turn them with the front, so you can do that, you know, crab walk feature. Um, but you get into, you know, I'll say infinite different uh, situations on the trail, right? And, and sometimes... You need uh, a tight turning circle. Yep. And then sometimes, uh, the more the more time you spend on the trail, the more you realize there's some legitimate uses for a crab walk um, to, yeah. to save your your rear end. All so, right. I'm talking about uh, saving me, my rear end. Hold on, we're going to take a break. I'm going to do one more segment with you. It's it's worth a whole half hour of the show. Uh, talking with the lead development engineer Aaron Fow. He is the man behind the GMC Hummer EV. We'll be right back. Oh, 
Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. We're talking with Aaron Fow. He is the lead development engineer, 21 years experience in the automotive industry, and nearly 10 years of specific vehicle development focused on performance, trucks, and off-road vehicles. And um, he has, and his team, been, uh, wow, been busy the skunk works over at uh, gmc uh on this gmc hummer ev truck and then comes in uh, an suv afterwards and then only god knows the rest at least well he knows but he won't tell us uh, of this hummer you know this hummer mark i guess you might say okay so we talked a little bit about the off-roading capabilities of course with crab walk and four-wheel steering and and just all the the coolness is there anything else about the off-roading? Because I want to kind of get onto the on-road capabilities of it and comfort and what have you, because it really is best of all worlds, I think, by what I've heard so far. But let's hear it from you. Yeah, real quick on the off-road end, you know, one of the one of the cool things we have the capability of doing is an over-the-air update. And one feature that's going to be coming pretty soon that's to cool. a driveway near you is extract mode. Extract mode basically takes advantage of our air suspension and it's going to allow you to raise the vehicle almost six inches. So when you're, you know, let's say stuck, you're, you're buried um, or high centered <laughs> off road. Assuming uh, there's a loose, there's a loose nut behind the wheel is what you're saying, right? <laughs> if you do you'll have to, this, right? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> right? Exactly. You'll be able to, uh, yeah, hit a button, give it a second, and, uh, you know, ideally drive away, right? So gives you some pretty incredible off-road numbers, a lot of capability, and then, yeah, we we can, with a button, lower that vehicle back down. You could actually, from the driver's seat, adjust about nine and a half inches of ride height, which is unheard of. Wow. So just one of the really cool features we have been able to play with as we were developing this program. No, that's cool. Like you said, because everybody thinks they're way better a driver than they really are, especially when you're off-roading. But, Mari, let's talk about on-road capabilities now. I mean, is it is it comfortable, and, and how do you manage that electronically? Because we're talking about uh, really a super truck. Yeah, absolutely. You are, uh, you're riding on air, as mentioned, and then we do have adaptive dampers as well, adjusting the road inputs, you know, 500 times per second. One of the beauties of our Ultium battery pack down low is is that we have a very low center of gravity. Oh. When you combine that with our adaptive ride control and the rear steering I mentioned before, you get a vehicle that drives so much smaller than it actually is. So it, it looks big, it has a presence, but it's really easy to park in tight parking spots. It's agile, believe it or not, you know, at higher speeds. It's 
It's a uh, it's a very fun and comfortable driving experience on road. Now this thing has some removable panels in the roof, and I, I can only imagine you'd had to have some, you know, you call it a super truck. You'd had to have some really interesting technology to make it stiff enough to be able to take the roof panels mm-hmm. out. Give me a minute on that. Yeah, so that is where our we call it body frame integral structure marries to our battery our high voltage battery, those combined, you know, work together to create an extremely stiff structure. So uh, the Hummer EV is technically a convertible because we can take those panels out and actually remove one of the crossbars as well. And we can stuff all that in the vehicle and take it with you. So if the weather changes, right, you can, you can pop it back in quick. Right. All of that is enabled by that structure, and uh, and one of the cool things is it's a pretty quiet ride, right? You, you really don't hear the creaks and squeaks as you're navigating through some, some tough terrain. Yeah. Well, all I can say is I cannot wait to drive it. Everybody to a T that has driven it just goes, wow, because it's a huge machine. We're talking about the uh, new GMC Hummer electric vehicle. And uh, you guys uh, have 67,000 reservations. My guess is it's probably that's people that actually decided to go down and and uh, sign up for it in some way, whether it's online or whatever. But my guess is it's five times that or 10 times that amount of people that would buy one if there was one sitting on the lot, which I don't think you'll ever see with this vehicle. I think that it's just going to be one of those ones. If you want one, you better go down, fill out the paperwork, or go online or whatever it is. I don't know because I I made the phone call and they laughed and said, "Yeah, you and every other guy in the world," you know. So, <laughs> congratulations, Aaron, man! Yep, it looks no awesome. I can't wait to get behind the wheel. They they've sold all the first editions. They were one hundred and twelve thousand bucks. Um, all we can do is hope and pray that General Motors is successful with making more iterations of this because as far as I'm concerned, if I'm going to buy an EV, it's going to be this right here. We'll be right back. It's The Drive. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, I promise that this hour will be much more subdued than us trying to help my friend buy uh, anti-tank missiles to blow up uh, German tanks over in Warsaw, Poland, because Carl Brower is here. Carl, how are you going to beat that one? <laughs> you know, Alan, when you're up against a tank, yeah. if you don't have your own tank, you don't got many options. But 
if I had to go up against the tank, I would be maybe willing to do it if I could do it in the car that I drove last week. Yes. Because instead of trying to beat the tank militarily, I would beat it velocity-wise in ah. terms of outrunning its artillery. Okay, I got it. So you're talking about uh, being able to get the hell out of there when the things get tough, right? You got to bob, bob and weave. Bob <laughs> there you and go. weave. You got to be quick, bob and weave. So what is this most <laughs> capable of vehicles you have driven? This is the 2022 McLaren 765LT Spider. Oh, boy. And I have to tell you, Alan, you know, I think I realized when I was driving it on a very twisty part of the road that I knew would be great for testing it on, it just struck me at some point, Alan, it's like, this feels like a video game. And not in a bad sense, because if you drive like a Tesla, it feels like a video game. But that's because there's no information coming back to you, and, and everything's just like smooth and there's no noise right the 765 lt spider feels like a video game because it doesn't seem real the speed at which the trees are flying past you the speed at which you initiate the turn of the wheel and the vehicle follows the turn of the wheel same with the brake and the throttle pedal responsiveness it feels non-real it doesn't feel like i'm actually in a car which could be dangerous because like no no you're really out there going at a high velocity in between a bunch of trees on a curvy road. But the, the responsiveness is so quick and immediate. It's like when you would play these driver simulation games. Mm. Well, I think the Panther tank, <coughs> the, uh, the Russian Panther, is it the Russian Panther tank? I don't know. I'm playing. Listen, <laughs> this is, sounds like an otherworldly experience. You know what I mean? It's like you're describing yeah. something that is the, the kind of the feeling you get and your brain is telling your body that you're going that fast, but your body knows that it's sitting in a simulator and not a real car. And this is where it blurs the lines, what it sounds like. Yeah, that's really it. That's really it. I mean, you got a twin turbocharged four liter V8 engine, Alan, 755 horsepower. Oh my gosh. And, and the weight of the vehicle is below 3000 pounds. Now look, you know, I have a, 2019 Ford GT, no slouch, not right, chopped liver. Right, right. And that car weighs maybe 3,100 pounds, between three and 31. It's the lighter carbon series one. And it's got a 647 horsepower engine. Well, this car's got over 100 more power, and it probably weighs one to 200 pounds less than Ooh, my car. Man. You know, anyone with any sense of physics knows when you drop weight and add power, you know what's going to result. So, it was really just amazing driving this thing. Of course, it's the Spider, so you put the top down and get that much more of the oh, you know kind of visceral feel of what nice. the hell's going on when you're going past those trees. Yeah, but just an amazing vehicle. How and it, much? You know, it started with the 720 McLaren yeah. 720s, which is an amazing vehicle all by itself. You know that's got to be in the top like four performance cars legally you can buy right now. Right. And this is the 720s, hundreds of pounds lighter and 100 more horsepower. You know, 50 more horsepower, give or take. Now, how much money is this McLaren 765 LT Spider? Now, Alan, you know, if you have to ask. <laughs> you can't afford um, it. <laughs> <laughs> it starts in the, uh, in the high threes. I believe it's 382000 And this one had over $100,000 worth of options. It was oh loaded. It was gosh. beautiful in color. Oh, my gosh. So it was like $490,900. So about 10000 below half a mil. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, I guess if you're trying to outrun a Russian tank, 
and your anti-tank missile misfired, it would be a great machine to be in the McLaren 765LT Spider. Because, of course, you'd have to have a Spider to be able to shoot your anti-tank missile uh, <laughs> while you're, you know, the driver's driving, the passenger and navigator is trying to outrun the Russians. And, and why were you in Ukraine in the first place, Carl? But we'll talk about that on the other side. <laughs> Carl Brower, uh, automotive industry analyst, iccars.com, uh, Forbes Autos contributor, and the North American Car and Truck of the Year, juror and board member, and now anti-tank missile outrun driver. We'll be right back. <laughs> Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Well, you're listening to The Drive. Yes, we'll talk about just about anything under the sun here on the show. And then I'll try and make it twist into the car business that I'm mostly in most of the time. Although I've been shopping boats. Carl Brower joining us. ICcars.com. Um, I'm hoping they're about to start the ICboats.com website because I'm, I'm boat shopping. Come on, it's springtime, right? Anyway. And we are talking actual boats, Alan, not like 76 you <laughs> Cadillac know, Buicks, right? right? You're talking actual aquatic. Okay. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. My friend who's over in Warsaw, Poland, trying to raise money for this, you know, these anti-tank missiles, he says, you should get Cadillac to sponsor us because those are boats. And I'm like, or no, 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 no. Those are tanks is what he said. Tanks. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All yeah. right. So your next subject here which is uh, information uh, gleaned from iccars.com. The latest new and used car pricing, which shows, surprise, that hybrids and electric cars are going up faster in price than regular cars. What do you got there, Carl? Yeah, you know, we're stuck in this supply-demand issue, meaning too much demand, not enough supply. So right. everything's expensive, really, in every world, as you know, Alan, but sure. including the car world. Yep. And so... Some good news is that we saw a slight drop in used car prices from January to February, and then a bigger drop from 35% year-over-year to 30.4%. It's almost a 5% drop from February to March in the average used car. Now, that's still $8,000 above what you would have paid for the average used car a year ago. However, however, if you're looking for a hybrid vehicle, they're up 40.5% 40.5% from last year. Yeah, and if you're looking yeah. for even an electric car, 36.3% wow, from last year. Wow, so wow. now these are the hot tickets to get. Well, I mean, and look, you know, neither one of us went to the New York Auto Show this year, which is going on right now. But that's like the big news, you know. And matter of fact, uh, who is it? Uh, next segment, George Kennedy is going to talk about the uh, Hyundai Ionic 5 World Car 
of the year. Oh, did I just give it away? Oh, I think I stole this thunder. Anyway, but uh, it's okay. It's only George. It's a great car. It's yeah. a really impressive electric vehicle, too. Well, the thing is, and I, I have to wonder, I mean, look at Elon Musk. I mean, right? And the guy's trying to buy, what is it, Twitter? And, you know, I mean, he's going to buy the world. He's going to buy planet Earth. He saw for yep. sale sign on a guy's front yard and thought it was the world that was for sale, not just that house. You know, like, oh I, yes, I'd like to make an offer on the whole world. Anyway, but yeah. uh, I guess a Musk is under attack right now for you know quality of build and what have you with these electric vehicles he's making. And then you know I just got done talking to the uh, lead engineer for the new Hummer, Aaron Fow. He's a lead development engineer. And I, I told him, and I really feel this, and I, I would love to get your take on it, that I feel like that Elon Musk, you know, he says, you know, I'm going to build this Cybertruck. Here it is in two years or whatever it's been, two or three years later. He still doesn't have it. And then GMC with the Hummer brand comes back with the most bodacious animal on planet Earth. And I don't know how Elon Musk and Tesla can outdo that Hummer. I just don't know how they can do it. What do you think? Well, I think Elon's got a history of overpromising and underdelivering, you know, you know, right. and he eventually gets to whatever he's claiming he's going to do, which means at some point, Alan, you and I might be walking around on Mars, don't forget, but <laughs> it often takes him a little longer than he claims he's going to do. And the Cybertruck is probably the most stark example. Usually he's off a little bit. That thing is just, you know, it's not even on the radar right now. There's no indication that it's anywhere on the horizon. Right. Years after he said it was going to be uh, available. And fascinating also, as you've kind of pointed out now, is he kind of woke the beast. You know, he poked yes, the bear. He did. Having that cyber truck yep. made all the other domestic automakers say, look, he can go ahead and mess around with, you know, electric cars because we're big on trucks and SUVs and that's where we make most of our money. He starts invading our truck world with an electric vehicle and tries to Tesla-ize the truck world. We're going to respond. And yep. they did respond. And, and they responded they quicker than Elon responded. Right. So uh, 100%, uh, you got to... You got You don't want to. You don't want to put out there what you're going to do and not actually show up unless you've got enough other things going on. Like maybe you're already the richest man in the world and now you want to buy Twitter. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it's focus issue. No, no. Here's what happened. As soon as Elon Musk saw the reality of the new GMC Hummer EV, he went like this. Help! I need somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I better diversify and buy Twitter. Is what he's saying, right? Oh my God! All right, we'll take a break. Carl Brower joining us, automotive industry analyst for Forbes Autos contributor, North American Car and Truck of the Year, Nat Toy, juror and board member. And he's here for iccars.com. Uh, we're talking about, surprise, the price of electric and hybrid vehicles going up. Yeah, I wonder why. Six bucks a gallon, seven bucks a gallon, eight bucks. What are we going to get? Eight dollars a gallon. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness this is 
The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, my guest today is Carl Brower, and he works with uh, uh, iccars.com. And in this next segment, we're going to continue talking about the uh, price of cars going up. But not every car, because the regular cars are going down a little bit. But the price of uh, hybrids and electric cars going up. Uh, you can find a lot of this information at iccars.com. But our show is brought to you in part by the Collector Car Network, which owns ClassicCars.com, AutoHunter.com. It's owned by Barrett Jackson, the auction company. AutoHunter.com being an online auction site. So in this segment, Carl's got some information on why are these sites doing so well? Carl, thanks for hanging with us here in this next segment as well. But I want to finish on this whole thing with the uh, the electric cars going up in value, the used cars or costing more, I guess, is it what it boils down to, and also hybrids. But, you know, yes, I mean, like I said on the way out there, you know, I mean, who knows? Where's gas going to finish up, you know, at eight, nine, ten bucks a gallon, right? Where's it going to finally stop? And what's it going to take? I mean, we got a war going on over there in uh, Ukraine, and God knows what's next. So people are trying to hedge their bets and go, all right, just in case there's no gasoline, I'm going to buy me an electric car. But guess what? You know, that's not a guarantee, but the price of these electric and these hybrid vehicles, is it the used vehicles that are the price going up or just in general, Carl? In general, um, the used, I mean, the Hyundai Sonata hybrid had the greatest price increase year over year. Wow. 63.9% increase, Alan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Average price for a Hyundai Sonata hybrid now, $25,620. That's $9,991. Just call it $10,000 over what it was a year ago. Good Lord. That is, that's, that's kind of wackadoodle because you don't think how much gasoline you can buy with 10,000 bucks, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You can get a lot of other cars and take a long time to get that money back just because you're getting better mileage out of the hybrid. By the way, I have a question for you. I know that you're, uh, you're calling in today from your NORAD command center there in Mission Viejo, California. What is the Mm -hmm. price of gas down there these days and diesel? Last time I put gas in, I had, of course, get premium because I always buy cars that require yeah. premium because I'm just stupid. I mean, because I, I love. Well, I put premium in everything, just so you know. I, I'm a premium guy. It's better for the, the entire life of the engine. It's like a, a tiny little insurance policy as far as I'm concerned. But go ahead. How much? 100%. I agree with you. It was 619 I think. Oh. I've paid between 619 and 639 for oh. the past like, month. Oh, my yep. gosh. Ugh. Yep. Doesn't that make yep. you puke? Well, I mean, if I had to puke at all the things that could make you puke living in California, I, I'd, I'd be very skinny. So maybe I should start doing it. Yeah, well, that's I've been telling you that for years. Anyway, all right, <laughs> let's switch subjects now. You know our show is brought to you in part by the Collector Car Network, which includes AutoHunter.com, which is an auction site that Barrett Jackson has bought the Collector Car Network. And they bought it for a reason, because these auction sites for cars are really doing well. What have you found there, Carl? It's truly bizarre because the idea that you would go out, Alan, and when you're talking about the kind of cars we're talking about here, we're not talking like, well, Hyundai Sonata hybrids for 25 grand. We're talking Porsche Carrera GTs as one example for, I don't know, $2 million. I'm not kidding. $2 million. Very commonly, these are $50,000 plus cars. And really quite commonly, they're six-figure cars heading towards seven-figure cars. And, you know, those kind of cars have been selling for a while, so that's not a big deal. But buying one of those, Alan, without physically ever being near the car, 
or even having like a friend, you know, you see phone bidders at Bear Jackson all right, the time and they're right, bidding, right. but maybe they've got a friend there, you know, or they just have known Bear Jackson. He's been around for decades. They're pretty confident in what they're getting. All of a sudden you've got all these online auction sites and some of them have been around for a while. Some of them are pretty new and all of them are growing like crazy. Yeah. And honestly, Alan, it reminds me once upon a time of a, of a company called Zappos, right? That sold shoes online. Right. And everyone's like, well, I'm not, I'm not investing in that. Who the right. heck's going to buy shoes online? Don't you got to try a shoe on? Make yeah. sure it fits before you wear it. Why would someone buy one of those online? We're talking 20 years ago. We, you know, we're old guys. That's what people said 20 years ago with the idea of an online shoe stock. Well, if you would have told me then, forget shoes, people are going to spend seven figures on cars they've never physically been near. Yeah. So based on an auction site on the internet, I wouldn't have believed it. But okay. here we are. Yep. I know. I listen. I um, I used both of these sites when I, you know, of course, I've been involved with Barrett Jackson for decades, and when I heard about, you know, the classiccars.com, I thought, geez, that's a deal, and I, I sold my Viper ACR. You know that? That's where I sold yeah. it, and yeah. I sold it to a guy. It was uh, one hundred thirty-five thousand bucks. Not a cheap, you know, car. <laughs> and he was from Florida. I'm on the West Coast. He flew out. And he looked at the car and it was like, that was all it took. He didn't even want to drive it. I go, no, no, I got to take you for a ride, baby. And uh, <laughs> I took him for the, you know, the throw up ride where you make them throw up. But uh, anyway, he bought the car. He was as happy as can be. The next one was with Auto Hunter and I, I sold at auction and I never met the guy. We just shipped the car to him. He was happy as could be. He got the car. He was thrilled. I got two new friends out of the deal. And I, I would tell you right now, I am that guy that would have never thought that I would sell a car of that kind of expense the way that I did. But our world is changing. And uh, the internet and the interwebs and this whole new way of living and thinking, it's all changing. I mean, look, who tries to buy a bomb to blow up tanks? My friend Greg Stebbin. You know, it's like, he does it on the radio. I go, dude, you're crazy. Anyway, Carl, thank you very much. Really appreciate your time today. Um... You can thank you. You can find Carl and all this information we've been talking about, except the bombs at iccars.com. Iccars.com. We'll take a break and come back with uh, who is it? George Kennedy coming up next. Stay with us. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by the Collector Car Network, which includes ClassicCars.com. And uh, that is the, um, well, the website, which is a classified. So if you're going to sell your classified, your car in a classified, which means for sale by owner kind of a situation, uh, and you have a classic car, uh, check out ClassicCars.com. I've done it. It's fantastic. Also part of the Collector Car Network is autohunter.com. That is the auction site 
Very, 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 very easy. I've also sold my car. I've sold two cars, one on each of those just to give it a try. We're talking not cheap cars. $115,000 for my Mustang GT500, brand new, 2020 at the time. And uh, I sold my Viper on the um, ClassicCars.com. Anyway, Collector Car Network, now part of Barrett Jackson. They also have the journal, ClassicCars.com, the journal. So uh, it's kind of cool. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try and hook up uh, George Kennedy the third with those guys. George, all I can tell you is you're going to have to remind me after the show. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> you, okay. should be re- you should be writing for him. Anyway, George Kennedy the third. he's a co-founder of Car Tender. He is a freelance automotive journalist, works for Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News Report, and he reports here on The Drive. The World Car of the Year, neither one of us are at the New York Auto Show, which is going on right now in New York City, but they announced the World Car of the Year, George, is the 2022 Hyundai Ionic, and you are driving it, or have been. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the World Car of the Year is gone electric, fully electric. It's the Ionic 5. It looks like a 1980s hatchback concept from afar, but when you get near it, it's actually kind of pretty sizable, and they classify it as a subcompact crossover SUV kind of thing. And it's, honestly, it's a great new take on the electric car. It's not this unobtainium, really pricey, high-speed vehicle like a Tesla Model S. It's a functional, affordable, daily drivable car that, unlike the Tesla, it actually has real driver controls instead of just one big old touchscreen. By the way, uh, BJ Colleen, who is normally on the show, is at the New York Auto Show, and she just sent me a text, by the way. She said, uh, hold on, where the heck is it? She was talking about everything is electric at the New York Auto Show. She says it's a bit depressing, <laughs> which I, I agree. I yeah, agree. No, no, surprise, right. no surprise there. Every automaker wants to go electric, or they say they're going to go electric, and this this is where they're going to show off the uh, all the new stuff. And there are some automakers that are definitely uh, have some catching up to do. I think Chrysler is one of them, and they just announced a uh, an electric airflow concept at the show this year. A what airflow? What are you talking about? What is that? It's the yeah the the Chrysler electric concept is called the airflow, oh, which gotcha, is a, a gotcha. bit of a callback to like a 1920s or 1930s right. Chrysler concept car, which was actually playing around with aerodynamics well before it became a big thing. Yeah. Uh, she says here, she sends me a picture. He says, she says, uh, this is a lot of boring stuff here, blah, 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 except this one car, the VW ID Buzz, which looks oh, like. Oh, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the bus looking thing. Right. It looks like an old 21 window, and it's called ID or is it an IQ? I don't know. ID Buzz. No, it's ID. Dot. ID Buzz. Yeah. Yeah, buzz. Like, like bus, but. But buzz for oh oh geez that's bad that is so bad really oh my god i'm pretty sure all the id vehicles are electric vehicles yeah 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 well i'm looking at pictures of it it kind of looks cool but the one that they're showing there they're saying is the european model and it does not have three rows of seats and 
I believe the one that they're going to bring to the U.S., this ID Buzz from Volkswagen, electric minivan, you might say, it will have three rows of seats. So the New York Auto Show, uh, BJ, who's literally there, says just, you know, everything is going electric, which we already know. So you're dri- now you're driving this Hyundai Ioniq, which has just won World Car of the Year at the New York Auto Show. Well, what do you think about it? I mean, first of all, let's clarify, the man is like six foot three, right? He's a big guy. <laughs> So you said it's yeah, not a big yeah. car. But. You know what it is? It's making the electric car far more attainable for, for just daily usability. It, you know, it's got 260 miles for the, uh, the all-wheel drive version. Right. The, the longest setup you can get on it has like 300 miles. Right. And it's got the DC fast charging. So between those two things, you know, I was able to drive an hour home to my parents and back in a day without having to recharge. And... Oh. When I did have to recharge, I wasn't sitting there charging it overnight. It was, hey, I could plug in at a mall and go in and, you know, run some errands or grab some lunch. By the time I come out, it will have been charged like up to 80% in about 30 minutes. Wow. So what is going on here is is actually kind of a, a reset of our mind, because if you don't be conscious of the electricity and your needs for electricity. Then you have what everybody's already heard, which is this range anxiety. I don't like anxiety, period. To me, anxiety is a killer. I don't want range anxiety. I remember, I'm old enough to remember the gas wars. And there was lines and lines and lines of people waiting to get gasoline. And you look down at you and you're like, oh, my God, I'm at a quarter of a tank. So this anxiety, you know, here it comes. Like everybody, you know, every gas station is, is, is you know, lines going down the street because they're rationing gas. And, dude, the, the problem is right now they don't have to ration the gas. You just can't afford it. So the lines are not long. But I don't know. Imagine if you had gas rationing and it's eight or nine bucks or ten bucks a gallon because, yeah, you know, things are getting weird, right? Yeah, meanwhile, the electricity at a lot of these places uh, for these charging stations, if you're at a town hall or, you know, a mall or something, is free. And so... Yeah, not for I long, not for long, but go ahead. No, I know, and, and that's to incentivize early adopters. But, sure. I mean, even when you do have to start paying, it's not going to cost as much as a gallon of gas, that's for sure. It's the time you'll have to wait there. And, yeah, range anxiety does exist. I think it's a little bit more overblown. If you were to go on a road trip out of your native region, you would probably have to do the same kind of planning of, okay, well, my tank holds this much gas. I'm getting to this destination. Figure out where you're going to where you're gonna gas up and get lunch and stuff. These are all things that people still deal with. It's just a little bit different. Yeah, but here's the deal. I travel a lot. You know that. And I'm driving everywhere. If I'm driving on interstates, I don't worry about gas stations. But if I'm going the back way, you know, where it says next gas station, 102 miles. If I'm going like Reno to, uh, you know, Tonopah or something, there's a couple of long, you know, sections in there where I'm like, I look down and if I don't have three quarters of a tank, I pull in and get gas because I don't know what's going to happen. You could get a flat tire, you know, and, and maybe you forget, oh, I forgot to check and I didn't even have a spare tire, you know, so now you're out in the middle of nowhere. So there's just a whole new consciousness, though, that is going to have to be adopted along with the adoption of the electric vehicles of you got to plan in advance. Now, 
We're in the electronic age, so you can plan very easily based on, you know, some apps and things that they have that'll help you to find the uh, charging stations. But it's still, you know, by the way, this is uh, Moondance, Van Morrison. Um, it's still something you have to think about. And the best time to charge is always overnight anyway. Moondance, get it? We'll take a little break. George Kennedy driving the world car of the year, the 2022 Hyundai Ionic 5. We'll be right back. You know, I'm trying to please to the calling of your heart strength that plays soft and Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the world, thanks to the interwebs. Our show is brought to you in part by Brembo, the choice of champions, Brembo Brakes. You can find out more at buybrembo.com on the web or just check out their uh, their website, Brembo. And then uh, my friend Dan, the president of Brembo, has a uh, podcast, Brembo Red. It's pretty good. Check it out. Uh, George Kennedy III is joining us, and we're talking about this World Car of the Year, the 2022 Hyundai Ionic, an electric car. George, six foot three. George, how did you fit in there? First of all, I mean, you don't have like a an engine under the engine under the hood because it's electric. So they probably had plenty of leg room and what have you. How'd you? Fit? Oh yeah. No, look. I like I said from afar, it looks like a like 1980s compact hatchback. Believe it or not, but when you get up close to it, it's a pretty sizable vehicle, and I had plenty of room. Because of the way that they have packaged it, there's no front trunk like you would think. There is the motor up there underneath the hood. But they do a great job using the sort of battery as the floor layout. To, there's, there's no center console, so it's kind of open from mm. the passenger side to the driver's side. And you right. have a ton, a ton of space for you, your passengers, all your gear. Really spacious and functional vehicle. Well, it's funny because, you know, here we are. I hate to say it, we're entering into this new electric car age. Now, that being said, because we talked to the folks from Hummer earlier in the show, and I said, you know, Hummer is now built under the GMC platform because Hummer used to be a, you know, a car brand unto itself. Now it's a GMC Hummer, right? So right. will there be any internal combustion engines? And he's like, no, nah, we've made the commitment to go all electric. General Motors, what? Now, wait a minute. Think about that. Come on. What about the diesels? I have a GMC truck. It's got the 6.6 Duramax. I don't care what anybody says, and I could be wrong here, and if I am in the future, I'll, I'll admit to it. I don't know how they're going to be able to justify, okay, I get a 1,000 horsepower from this electric Hummer, right? But still... When I'm towing a trailer, what is my range? I can put extra fuel in the back of my truck, which I do have a, a transfer tank. I can actually fuel my own truck, right? Because I have a tractor also. But I think that that's why GMC will exist. When he says we're going electric, that's for Hummer, the lifestyle brand. 
So yeah. these cars that don't need to do the things that, and I mean, you got to remember, Alan, that your needs as a truck owner and driver are a bit on the more extreme. And a truck is designed to always handle those extremes. Right. I think this Hummer brand is going to be for the weekend warrior lifestyle vehicle. And I don't okay. see Chevy or GMC or Ford going away right. from big, powerful diesels that can tow 14,000 pounds. Okay. Anytime soon. All right, listen, I'm glad that you defended them because I love my GMC with my Duramax. Well, it was more of, I would say, clarifying. Well, I think that yes. I, there, I think we as automotive enthusiasts do a little bit of hair on fire whenever we hear <laughs> the things that we like don't, don't exist. Right. And so we latch on to the, what do you mean? Where is it going? And it's, there's new things that are going to be there for the average buyer yep. and then for the enthusiast like you and me there will these other avenues will continue to exist yeah fair enough you did clarify because he must have been but it didn't sound like it been talking just about the hummer brand because he said you know our president says that we're committing to electric so that's what i'm saying is for and, and i think he did say for now because things could change. Look, you know, and everybody, whether you know it or not, building the batteries for these cars is going to be a real problem coming up here with the mining of the minerals it takes. Because we talked about this two or three shows ago, how the mining of all these minerals is becoming a real issue. And the sourcing of these products now, because of the wars that are going on, I mean, look, the biggest stockpile of this type of minerals is happening where the wars are happening, if you know what I'm saying. So, right, you know, right. what, and, what and happens? That, and what that might hopefully do is press the automakers to try and think outside the box on what minerals they're using for these batteries. So, right. so I mean, maybe lithium-ion is the most effective, but maybe there's another mineral they can use in its stead that might not be as effective, but is more plentiful. Yes. And then and you got to think about. It's hold then on. You got to think about uh, a battery design that's swappable, so you can say, okay, well, you know, now we got to change the change our thinking again. Yeah. Now you got to design a car that can accommodate. All right, hold on, hold path. on. It's available. I want to <laughs> tell you what you're looking for is available. It's on the moon. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Talking with George Kennedy III, Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News, and World Report. He also founded a little company, co-founded Cartender. He's an entrepreneur. He's a very large man. You don't insult him because he, he's 
very big, gigantic. <laughs> the the myth of my uh, proportions grows every time that I appear on this show. Oh, by the way, did you get married yet? Just checking to see if you're still single or not. <laughs> no, okay. Because yeah, women ask, you know, I have to have the answers for them. Okay. The, uh, you're driving the Ionic, which has just been handed the uh, prestigious world car of the year. It's a big deal. It's an electric car. Does it have crab walk mode like the Hummer? No. Oh. No. And that's, you're not going to find that on, <laughs> on an electric compact SUV. That's a extreme feature that you're going to find on like the Rivian truck and the, you know, eventually the Tesla cyber truck, whenever that arrives, by the way, uh, by no, the way, is, by the way, hold yeah. on. I told general motors, this is what Elon Musk acted like he had. And what did he have? He had bupkis. He had nothing. So I applaud general motors for bringing out the most bodacious truck, electric truck in the universe. I don't care. Well, and I, I like Elon Musk a lot about him. I and mean, he's just this crazy, he walks with a crab walk, you know? But, <laughs> you know, he, he promised that thing years ago and it's still not here. Anyway, go ahead. He did. I mean, look, Tesla did force automakers to adapt. But if one thing you have to remember is that they make in a year what Ford builds on a Friday. Right. right? I know. When Tesla starts to get up to those production numbers, they're already having like build quality issues now. So, then this is not a, oh, you're for Tesla, oh, you're against Tesla, because there are very, very passionate people out there both ways. This is just a fact of the matter. You can see it online that there are panel gap issues and that when they get up to the level that they would like to get to or need to get to to be a successful automaker, they are going to have to get their quality control game in check in a big way. And that's where it's interesting to see how the electric car is being executed by existing automakers right. or legacy automakers like Hyundai with the Ionic 5. And what you see is a high-quality vehicle that's easy to get around town, easy to drive, and it's affordable. How much money when you say affordable? How much? So we drove the like absolute fully loaded Ionic limited all-wheel drive, and that was 56000 <laughs> The base Ionic 5 SE starts at forty three. Still, it's kind of a lot of money, isn't it, for that? And that's where I think, even though by all rights this is a hatchback, they have to present it as an SUV to justify the price. Well, also, I think, too, isn't there like federal, you know, you get discounts and rebates and all kinds of stuff to bring the price down? Right. That's a good right. question. But yeah, this is, look, if, if you are on the fence about electric cars and you're like, I want a daily drivable car and I don't need anything crazy that will, you know, whatever – Go test drive one of these things because they are different, but they're also familiar enough to help you make that transition to electric cars more easily. Well, you know, it really is kind of a cool time to be alive because we have a bit of the best of all worlds right now. We've got the classic and the antique cars. I mean, the antiques anymore. People are like, do people really want them? I mean, there's a group of people that want the old 20s and, and you know, some of the 30s obviously are pretty darn cool. But the cars of the teens and 20s, their value is kind of waning, obviously. But they're still very cool. And then you have the 30s and 40s, and those cars are awesome. And 50s and 60s muscle cars are awesome. And then 70s. Don't count the 1980s and and 90s cars because everybody my age now, there are some pretty well-heeled people out there. Yeah, I see how you grew up around. You interrupted me through the the dark days of the auto industry, the the 80s and 90s, the dark days. But that's that's a generational (laughs) thing. Like the 1930s and 1970s cars really don't register for me. No, I know. know. There are a lot of people with, with some deep pockets. Listen, 
You just remember that the 1970s was an engineering and styling doldrum uh, compared yes, to the 1980s. But muscle. Incredible growth in the Japanese market. All right, listen, I'm, I'm running out of time. I'm not having. I am not having this argument with you because you <laughs> like the AMC Pacer, of which I am sorry. What year was the AMC Pacer? Why, why would you? Why would you attribute uh, that that to me? I'm just playing that, with that, that is fake news that's getting out that's there. And I, I can't have my name smirched and associated with. Okay, real quick, being. real quick. What is your favorite car from the 80s and 90s? Quickly. In the 80s and 90s, the McLaren F1. Oh well, that doesn't count. We're talking about workaday cars, like the you okay, know. The, fine. Come on, uh, the Malibu, you, you know. Ford, Mark Ford, Mark Ford, Toyota Supra, Mitsubishi 3000 GT. All right, all right, uh, right, in the Japanese right. market, the <laughs> Nissan Skyline GTR. All right. all day, man. All right, fair enough. I'll give it to you. You brought a little e- bit of sun. E36 BMW M3. Let's keep going. Okay. See, I'm playing this song for you. You've, you brought a little sun to that era of cars. George Kennedy, thank you, my brother. Always good. Pleasure as always. Uh, that's it for me this week. Uh, I will see you guys next week, same time, same channel. Thanks for listening. I'm Alan Taylor. See you next week. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness.